Happy National Making Life Beautiful today, and why not start with this video by your boy right here on a two-game slate today to make life beautiful. We're going to deep dive into it right now. We're going to break it down. We finally had some, it took bad basketball to get some good basketball yesterday. What does that mean? The Nets and Bucks both shooting absolutely atrocious, obviously by the low-scoring game. Really bad to watch, but it gave us some excitement at the end because of that. And oh my God, if KD would have hit that long three-day sentence to overtime, would have been even better. But we finally got a game. We finally got a series there with Milwaukee capturing a victory and now we're going to move over to two games today in which look i'm excited to see some of these players play the one game in denver and phoenix we'll talk about it but not really sure what denver's going to do there but philadelphia and atlanta should be a fun game it's been a fun series so far and joel and bead is healthy chris paul is healthy in the phoenix game and when these guys are healthy they're fun to watch let's get into it right now like subscribe how y'all doing We'll start off with Atlanta. Atlanta now 1-1 in that series, losing that last game, and it really wasn't too close. They kind of kept it close by going on a little bit of a stretch in the third quarter, but they just didn't shoot, and it wasn't because they were just flat-out missing open shots. Unlike the first game, they didn't get as many open looks. They didn't shoot 20 more threes like they did in game one compared to game two. They found out before the game that DeAndre Hunter would miss, and then after the game, they found out that he would be done for the postseason, and that really hurts because they've been starting Solomon Hill and if anybody's been watching basketball lately, Solomon Hill is the upgrade to Tony Snell. Oh, yeah, who's also on this team. And what does Tony Snell mean? It means he literally does nothing. The Tony Snell line of having zeros across the board in like 30-plus minutes of play, the meme that goes around. So Solomon Hill, the reason why they're starting him is for size. They want size out there and somebody who could potentially play some defense on Tobias Harris. But Solomon Hill has been too slow because Tobias Harris started that last game 8-for-8 eight eight from the field. That is, yes, 16 points from inside the three-point line. And that's how you jump on a team early. And Joel Embiid was doing whatever he wanted. So Solomon Hill experiment, in my opinion, would probably have to end coming into this game. And if that's the case, you might see a starting lineup change with Kevin Horder, who's been playing very, very well off the bench. And the bench players, before we get into the minutes here, the bench players, and we're going to be talking about DFS, of course. This is all prepping you for that, seeing my top plays for each team. And overall, we're going to be talking about player props that I like early on and betting lines that I'm leaning slash taking. We took Milwaukee minus three and a half yesterday. And we fucking lost because it was just a minus three finish. Cheers to you, the betting marketplace. Speaking of Kevin Horder and being a bench player and a role player in that last game, the role players were the only ones who really showed up, if you will. And the role players mainly being Danilo Gallinari and Kevin Horder. Gallinari, five of nine from three-point range, 21 points on 11 boards. And Kevin Horder, three of five from three, eight of 10 overall, 20 points. So they combined for 41 points in that game. They were the two best players. Not Trey Young, not Clint Capella. Trey Young finally, finally in a game in this postseason, right? It took them six games through two teams, the Knicks and a good defense in Philly to get it right. They didn't put Danny Green on for most of the game. They had Ben Simmons right from the jump. Ben Simmons was getting around screens better than I expected. And just in general, as a defensive player of the year candidate, right? Right up there as like a second place finisher right behind Rudy Gobert, who ended up winning it. Congrats to Rudy. But Trey Young was halted in this game. Trey Young did not have a great game. Clint Capella did not really do much on the offensive side of the ball because he just could not do anything against Joel Embiid. And on the other side of that, Joel Embiid was doing whatever he wanted against Clint Capella. So it was a bad game. It was a game where they shot poorly from three, but expect that to somewhat continue to happen because in game one, they shot fantastic from three, and that's not going to continue on high volume. Starters in game two ended up shooting three of 16 from three. So that is going to change, and the team in general shot 36.5% on 30 attempts so let's pull up the minutes now for this team the only guys you're not seeing right now are tony snell and backup center onika okungwa 
So I gave them six minutes apiece. But Trey Young, I think he could play 40. We gave him 39 minutes of play today. He's averaging, these are basically the playoff rates for these guys now. 1.32 fantasy points per minute. Capella has been struggling in the postseason. He's not even averaging a fantasy point per minute. It is tough, though, when you're going up against a Knicks defense in the first five games of the postseason. They've played seven now. A Knicks defense that has been really good this year. Tom Thibodeau won Coach of the Year probably because how good that defense was. Bogdanovich and Trey Young are going to be playing your biggest minutes. Somebody who's just been as consistent as they come is John Collins. Price point barely rises here. John Collins has been kind of on DFS slates just in his no man's land of price points. You don't usually see a lot of guys in the mid to upper 5k range right now. It's like a lot of 4 and 3k options and then a lot of 6 and above. I expect that to continue and allow to have some nice ownership on him. But Kevin Horder, I gave 32 minutes here, whether he starts or not. If Kevin Horder starts though, start to give him 34 and 36 and start to make him a key cog into all of your DFS. DFS lineups and also and also one for Atlanta's spread if you want to take the cover there I'm projecting Kevin Horder not to start giving him 32 minutes off the bench Solomon Hill is only a spot starter to try and slow down the beginning of Tobias Harris's game and in game one it somewhat worked but in game two it did not work at all and for the overarching theme he's not really stopping him he's just wasting space out there just throw Kevin Horder out there to try and play defense which probably won't work we'll put Gallo on Tobias Harris is probably the more likely scenario and if you're going to be starting a Kevin Horder there even without him starting, I have him at 25 plus points. If he starts, that'll clearly be better. So that's the first prop I've taken over 22 and a half on prize picks on these one game and two game slates. Way more of my action is on the player prop market. You can use this site right here as well. And you can tail this one. We can talk about the other props I've taken down below if you'd like to. It's prize picks. The code SAL, S-A-L. It's that simple. Any money you put in, they'll give you free money. They'll double you. They'll double your match. You get free money to bet with. Why not use some free wages, some house money to try and increase your bankroll? Take it on, take yourself out for a nice motherfucking dinner. So outside of the adjustments of starting Kevin Horder in place of one Solomon Hill, the only other thing that they can do is try and double team Joel Embiid, and we can talk about that on the Philly side on how Joel Embiid was dominating, doing anything he wanted, and then getting Trey Young open more on screens, which is what they were trying to do. Simmons was just getting good at getting around them, but trying to just run some more action there. But trying to stop Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid was a ton of, if there's ever a tape, I texted this in my group message yesterday, the MVP Jokic, Joel Embiid, the exact same day that that gets announced, Joel Embiid goes out there and balls the fuck out. If there was ever a, a tape to show why Joel Embiid's better than Jokic is the best center in the league, it's game two. Not only was he moving in transition as the ball handler going coast to coast, not only was he in the paint doing whatever the fuck he wanted against another big in Clint Capella, he was creating his own shot as a three-point shooter. I would argue that Jokic really can't create his own shot. Jokic can back a guy down and do a turnaround, but in terms of creating his own shot off the dribble, he's fine off the dribble, but I would say he needs to be set up a lot more than Embiid can. Embiid, as a giant, was creating his own shot, nimble as fuck. It was fantastic to watch. Joel Embiid dominated. He did whatever he wanted. He looked 100% healthy. In game one, he looked maybe a little bit mentally now that we have seen him do it physically, maybe a little mentally ginger to kind of put some weight on defense and jump and things like that. Game two, he was doing whatever he wanted. He was pivoting. He was jumping. He was putting a lot of weight down. He was blocking people. He was absolutely dismantling Clint Capella in this entire defense. They have nobody to stop him. So what you can try to do is double team him. The problem is with your double teams, what is it, John Collins, who's a lengthy four, like John Collins and Capella? I guess so, but that's going to obviously leave open shooters like a Tobias Harris or like a Seth Curry who dominated in that last game with his pull-up threes in transition. So Joel Embiid's going to do whatever he wants. I like Joel Embiid a lot. I have Joel Embiid on price picks as we were just talking about price picks right now. I ended up taking his over as well. I took Joel Embiid over 55 points. Blocks are worth more in price picks, which is even better. I've got Joel Embiid projecting out for 58 and a half fantasy points today. So that's enough for me to pull the trigger on that. We can pull up Philadelphia's minutes right now onto the screen. And then we could look at what they're doing in the postseason so far in terms of their productions. And I'll let you know on each team who I'm liking for DFS the most. And at the end, we'll kind of cover the overall top five. But yeah, no, no way for them to stop Joel Embiid right now. He's doing whatever he wants and he looks completely healthy. Simmons was on Trey Young. So that was an adjustment there. 
there from game one as well. Something interesting about Simmons was they had to take him out late because they were doing the whole like hack a shack, hack a Dwight Howard. They were hacking a Ben Simmons because he can't hit free throws and he missed both of the free throws. So they took him out of the game so that they couldn't foul him. So interesting move there. The counterpoint by them on Ben Simmons, which that can affect things later on. Just keep that in mind. Now they probably don't do it in a close game. Just give him free attempts. Although if he keeps missing, they can force him off the court. And now it's a better matchup for Trey Young unless they throw Matisse Stiebel out there. Shake Milton down the stretch. Shake Milton obviously erupted. He had 14 points in game two. I think that will lead to more Shake Milton minutes. As you can see on the screen right now, as I scroll, I currently have Shake Milton, somebody who was not really in the rotation for me. I now have him for 14 minutes. He got hot on the stretch. He shot four or five from three. It's very similar to Luke Kennard in game one for the Clippers, if you were watching yesterday's contact. Don't expect Luke Kennard to see more minutes. He didn't. Don't expect Shake Milton to see more minutes. Does he now have the ability to? I'm sure they'll kind of put him out there for four or five minutes in the first half. If he's not doing much, he's probably going to play no more than 14 minutes in this game and maybe even 14 is a little bit generous right now so philly dominated in transition i expect you to see similar right now why do they dominate in transition because one they have size two they're fast they like to push the tempo and they have three-point shooters who can pull up shake milton got hot in that game they have danny green and oh yeah they have one seth curry who ended up having i believe five threes in this game and he had knocked down 21 real life points another adjustment from philly was staggering tobias harris meaning that they did not run a absolutely brutal and atrocious second unit out there they kept tobias harris out there at the second unit which clearly provides a lot more one composure and two offense as of right now atlanta doesn't have an answer for tobias harris which is why they should start kevin horse so that's where we're at in terms of looking forward now on philly right now it's by far and away joel being my favorite play Joel Embiid is by far and away my favorite play at 58 and a half projection right now. He is a strong priority on a slate where you have Joel Embiid and Jokic. It'll be interesting to see which one to pick. Right now, I have them both projecting out very similarly. They're both projecting out for me, and we'll get to that game in a second for similar fantasy points today. I'm going to take Joel Embiid, though, as he's $400 cheaper. After that from Philly, I would rank it Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, Matisse Thibel, and in a player pool, I do have Shake Milton and George Hill. I am not interested in Danny Green. Danny Green got booed in that last game. His minutes came down primarily because Shake Milton started to get going and was hot. Seth Curry was playing well, but also because his defense is not as needed. Seth Curry's a better offensive player, especially off the ball. And when it comes to defense, they threw some other guys out there and gave some different looks, which meant that Danny Green wasn't as much needed, especially when Shake Milton gets hot. Now on the Atlanta side of it, it's going to be number one play for me is Kevin Horder. Number two is Trey. Number three is Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich is just getting so many minutes. Then there's kind of a teardrop to John Collins, number four, who again, probably be a little bit lower on than that random price range of himself and Clint Capella. So from this game, that's where I'm at. The props I've taken is over on Joel Embiid right now, 55 fantasy points and over 22 and a half on Kevin Horter. Now we can get into game two here. And I appreciate y'all being here so much. We will be live later today for this two game slates, probably not an hour before lock, a little bit more into the afternoon because I do have some plans that I will be attending to. So potentially around like 4 p.m. East Coast time or so. We'll be live answering your questions for about 40 to 45 minutes. But let's get into the second game of this slate now, and that is Denver and Phoenix. We can start on the Denver side where we can really just break it down to Denver is clearly outmanned in this series, and it probably is only going to get worse as Michael Porter Jr. had a back injury in game one. If you watched any of game two, it clearly affected him. Not only did he shoot poorly, 23% from the field, 3 of 13 overall, he was hurt. Like, injured is one thing. You can play through an injury. He, I believe, is walking the line of being injured and hurt. And when a back injury is somebody who has sustained back injuries that have lasted for like a year and nagging back, running around, and a lot of you watching this right now know, running around and jumping up and down and twisting and turning is the last thing you want to do. And now he can limit some of those things as somebody who's an off-ball three-point shooter, doesn't go to the basket all that much, and doesn't play defense. Um, but it's still going to be an issue jumping up and down for three-point attempts, right? Getting around screens to get those. These are things that are going to be needed. 
and he was clearly limited. So not, they're already outmanned. They're already getting a gimpy Will Barton who finally returned. They already don't have Jamal Murray and P.J. Dozier, who would be obviously massive pieces, especially Murray in the series, but also P.J. Dozier to a lesser extent. And then you see that Monty Morris is shooting 2 of 17 in the series as be probably your best shot creator. Your best shot creator is shooting 2 of 17 in the series, 11.8%, 1 of 7 from 3-pointers, right now 14%. That has to change. The one nice thing, the one saving grace, if there is one for this team, is Will Barton return. He played 16 good minutes, had 10 points and 5 rebounds in the game. He went 2 of 4 from 3-point range, and he's probably the next best shot creator on this team. I have Will Barton today at 14 minutes of play. We can pull up Denver's minutes. Here's your problem, though. I have Barton at 14 minutes of play. I really don't have much interest in Michael Porter. The only reason I still have him out there is there's a chance he can just spot up and shoot threes, and that's all I wanted to do with this injury. And then, as always, he could get hot. He can make 6 of 10 threes, and then he starts to look like a quality play. Will Barton at just 18 minutes. I can't be all that interested in. He was limited to 12 to 18 in the last game. If we get notified that he's going to be playing 20 to 25, and I give him 22, 24, he starts to look like an option, but not a strong option. I'd rather take his teammate Aaron Gordon for $100 less, who has the potential to play double his minutes today. No real analysis on Aaron Gordon. He continues to guard Devin Booker, and Austin Rivers went on Devin Booker at times. They were able to get some switches, and Booker was able to get through it. They're starting to figure that out. So, yeah, Aaron Gordon just out there shooting a couple threes a game, shooting six to eight to ten times a game. Not much there. Composite's playing big minutes but there's a chance those can wilter down as Will Barton plays a little bit more and or if they decide, which would be one major adjustment here, if they decide to put Monty Morris in the starting rotation. Now let's pull up which we're seeing here in the postseason so far from a point per minute standpoint. You're seeing Jokic play basically be the same guy. He's averaging 1.4 fantasy points per minute. You're seeing Michael Porter Jr. significantly decrease, and that's because poor shooting in the first series and now being injured for the past game and a half or game and three quarters. You're getting nothing out of Austin Rivers point per minute wise, 0.58. So let's see who was actually producing for this team. And oh yeah, it's Monty Morris. Even after the past two really bad games and 222 minutes of play for Monty Morris, he's averaging about a fantasy point per minute. Minute, 0.98 fantasy points per minute outside of a very small sample for Mr. Paul Millsap. This is the second best player right now on the team point per minute wise, probably the best shot creator other than Nikola Jokic. So the reason that I bring that up, the reason I show you that a 28.2% assist percentage, he leads the team as a distributor and he sees a nice 21.2% usage rate, which is basically tied for the second on the team. So the reason that I bring all that up is that you got to get him in the starting rotation. This team is only going to win if they hit three pointers. They'll only win if they get their offense rolling. That is my opinion. You have to hit threes in game one. They shot 35% on 40 attempts in game two. They shot 32 and a half percent on 43 attempts. And obviously Monty Moore shooting two of 17 so far is going against that but you don't have many other options. Austin Rivers ain't it for you. Paul Mills after Michael Green, they're too slow. They're not spacing the court and they're not going to hit threes for you. You're not going to keep up with this Suns team that is just putting up fantastic offensive ratings right now that has figured you out, that has incredible matchups at their guards with Devin Booker and really Chris Paul, especially out of pick and roll. And oh yeah, they can hit threes. And oh yeah, their best defenders might be their best three-point shooters, McCall Bridges and Jay Crowder right now, which is just absolutely absurd. So for Denver, it really does come down to kind of similar things for Milwaukee Nets series. Milwaukee wasn't making shots, the Nets were. Phoenix is making shots, not even at a high, as high of a clip as the Nets. And right now, Denver is really not. Denver just has to get hot, and they're not going to for four games. Can they in this specific game? Perhaps. I don't have a bet on this specific game. I took the Philly line yet again in the Philly game for a money line bet there, and also a spread bet. So I'm all in on Philly today in that series. Nothing from Denver Phoenix as of right now. I might lean Phoenix's team total over as they're just scoring points at will. So right now from the Denver side of this one, I would rank Nikola Jokic, number one play overall from that team. After that, it's a 
steep drop off like nobody else even looks that great at their price points because will barton coming back throws a wrench into this with his 16 to 20 minutes of play throws a wrench into a bunch of other guys now being overpriced but he's not playing enough minutes yet to be appropriately priced so jermichael green would be my second favorite play as a punt play at 3500 i have him at 22 minutes that doesn't even feel that great today but other than that nothing grades out that well i would rank it for a two games slate in a player pool then after jermichael green and Jokic goes campazo aaron gordon michael porter austin rivers Right now, I don't have interest in Monty Morris. I know I just talked him up as being a piece that they have to get going. If he starts, I'll have interest. If he doesn't start, I find it hard to find where he gets these 30 minutes unless he's starting to shoot a little bit better. I've met 22 minutes right now. But if he's not starting, it's hard to find the 30 minutes unless Rivers starts and doesn't get closing run, unless Campazzo starts and doesn't get closing run, things like that. There's a chance, but right now I'm not interested in Monty Morris at the price point he's currently at. However, if they start him, things will change there. So let's finish it up right now with this Phoenix team. And this Phoenix team is fantastic. There's a couple things they led by as much as 31 in this game and we can just talk on a couple things about phoenix because there's not much to say here outside of chris paul is fully healthy chris paul's dominating they have no answer for chris paul in the pick and roll right now he's doing whatever he wants so far he has 26 assists through two games a lot of those coming in pick and roll and he's shooting through two games 58.3 percent 14 of 24 he looks fantastic the nuggets have no shot right now at guarding the pick and roll they have nobody fast enough nicole Jokic is not fast enough they have nobody fast enough on this team jamal murray's not out there pj Dozier's not out there those would be the guys the personnel can't is not quick enough rivers is not big enough so yes nobody's going to stop it chris paul is going to continue to dominate we continue to like chris paul his props are at a great spot right now so i'm not going to touch them they're at an appropriate spot but chris paul is probably my favorite play today in dfs and we'll get to those overalls ayton's defense continues to be well in Nikola Jokic, he had two early fouls in the last game so he missed out on a couple of minutes he's been averaging like 36 playoff minutes per game played a little bit less than that in this one obviously the blowout affected everybody's minutes so if you're looking at all the players they only played in the upper 20s due to the massive blowout again they led by as much as 31 in this game so here we go right now you can see the minutes and if you want to see any of my projections drink if you want to use a lineup optimizer to have a better chance at actually winning the projections the ranks for our lineup optimizers and player props and the game totals all these types of tools and analysis as well as other sports big mma events on saturday tomorrow this week you can check it out on patreon down below this is where i have the minutes right now the starters are going to see all the minutes they're going to see massive minutes cam johnson after the most minutes off the bench the only guy you're not seeing is and we could scroll dario sarge for 12 minutes so here you go minutes are on the screen not much to break down here it'll be as it has been going forward big minutes for the starters campaign sees less minutes as chris paul stabilizes for more minutes i have paul 37 campaign at just 16 off the bench and then you get cam johnson for 20 i think he plays the most bench minutes he'd be my only interest off the bench from this team so right now i'd rank phoenix as by far and away chris paul then eight in bridges crowder are pretty strong plays and then booker and campaign round out a rotation for me in my player pool and these would be my top five early plays that i have interest in right now this is based on my projections over on patreon this will be updated and if you want to see outside of the top five these are not just automatically play these you probably can't afford to automatically play all these guys but if you want to see outside the top five and all the top plays on the slate today for me this is actually a really fine-tuned slate i only have right now strong interest on nine guys guys now in a player pool today i have 24 guys so i'm really compressing my player pool i'm running with those nine guys in a lot of spots and a lot of high entry buy-ins but also a couple guys from the 24 overall so be sure to check that out so you know exactly 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 who the top plays and leverage plays are going to be so these top five plays for the people listening on the audio version chris paul joel Embiid, Jokic, kevin hoarder and deandre in in that order right there so that's where we're at right now thank you for tuning in today to the friday edition of two game slate we have a one game showdown tomorrow so you can check that out now as the Clippers are down 2-0 in that series. We'll have content for that. No content on Saturday. I'll be running a half marathon. or No content on Sunday. I'll be running a half marathon. The content that will be out, though, no NBA content. I'll be releasing a podcast with my girlfriend, Life Update, Episode 6, I now believe it is. But yeah, we're less than two months from the NFL preseason right now. First game there, exactly less than two months as of today. 
and we're rocking through these NBA playoffs. You all rock. Enjoy the beautiful national calendar day that we have today. I'll see you all in the next one. Have a lovely, lovely day. Thank you.